Hello everyone, happy Mother's Day and welcome again to 17th Street Christian Church. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Mike, I'm the minister here at 17th Street in Corbin, Kentucky. And again, happy Mother's Day. Today is a very exciting day because uh, this was our Mother's Day service and we get to talk a whole lot about you moms. So first of all, if you are a mom, we really quickly just want to say thank you. Your influence, your love, your grace has helped shape every person who's ever walked this earth. So thank you so much for all it is that you do. But today's message, we are doing something a little bit different. I'm not just speaking to moms. Moms are awesome and we love moms, but today's message is really directed at all ladies in general. You do not have to be a mother to have influence in this world. You do not have to be married to have influence in this world. So today's message is really just looking at different people from scripture who are all women, uh, whether mothers or not, and looking at the influence they had on others. And so it all comes back to this main question is this, who are you empowering? Because if you're not empowering someone younger than you, you're wasting an opportunity, wasting an opportunity to help someone grow to their full potential. So again, thank you all for listening. We'd love if you come visit with us one Sunday morning. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., we have a service live here on our 17th Street Corbin campus. Uh, also, go to our website at www.17scc.com. You can actually watch all of our services there and get more information about the church as well. So again, thanks for listening. If you enjoy this message, I ask you if you would please uh, share it with someone you know. That way they can grow from it as well. Again, thanks. online for the first time. My name is Mike and I'm happy you're here and I know you probably already heard it a few times today but let me just say it again. If you are a mom, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. I hope and I pray that today you feel loved, you feel someone thank you. If they don't, smack them later but I'm going to say thank you um, from, the, from, you know, from Mike's behalf. Um, and, and I do know, I, I will say this before we get started, I know not all of us may have the best home situations and some families, you know, fail in certain areas. If you go home today, if you're a mother and you don't feel appreciated, I want you to know that you are appreciated. Okay, so happy Mother's Day and I really want you to know that. Um, but today we're going to take just a little bit. First of all, I'm going to give you this disclaimer. I woke up very sleepy this morning. And so I was about to leave the house and I said, did I take my allergy medicine? And I could not remember. So I just took another one. So if I'm a little, if you lose me a little bit today, we're going to blame the Claritin, okay? So I'm just getting that out there, out of the way, okay? That's, that's probably not a good thing. But anyway, um, but, but today we're going to push pause just for a moment about the sermon series we've been in. Today we're going to talk about moms and ladies as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. But just to kind of recap where we've been, maybe if you've not been with us, we've been walking through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, these are telling the stories of the Jews who are leaving the Babylonian exile, who are going back to Jerusalem to rebuild their homeland. They've been set free. They've been given the job. They've been given the mission to rebuild what was once theirs. And But the thing we talked about last week, they were in exile for around 70 years. And so there's people who were born into exile which means whenever it was time they were called allowed to go home, some of them would say, well, this is my home. I've never been to this land that I'm being sent to. And we really have to take a moment and just recognize the amount of faith it took for them to leave. That was our whole conversation about last week. And we also said the first thing they did when they got where they were going was very interesting. They made sacrifices. They made, an, they made offerings. 
they sacrificed what they had. The, the whole point last week was sacrifice and obedience are characteristics of God's people. It is impossible to be obedient to God if you are not making daily sacrifices. Not with animals, not those types, but sacrifices with our time, our talents, and our treasures. That was our whole conversation last week. And we read this verse, 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So hopefully this week you loved with your actions. But like I said, we're going to push pause on that conversation just for a little bit. And I want to tell you this quote. I, I, I like this. It talks about moms. It says this, a mother is your first friend, your best friend, and your forever friend. I know many of you can probably very quickly agree with that statement. And, and there's been kind of the statement that says, behind every great man, there's a great woman. You heard that stat before. You've heard that quote before. You've heard that say, but I'm going to break the rules a little bit today, church, so don't get too mad at me, okay? The tomatoes are in the back. Don't get too mad at me. I do not just want to speak to moms today. I know not everyone here is a mother. Obviously, you know some are men. But all women in general, I really want you to pay attention today. I really want you to listen. But we are going to talk a little bit specifically about moms, but really this message for every lady in the room. But I'm going to read you this. When we read through Proverbs 31, you know many of us have heard it. It talks about the biblical example of what a great mother and wife really is. I'm going to read through this. Let's see. Proverbs 31, verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find her? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still at night and provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She, is cons she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets out about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand she holds the staff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for the bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for what her hands have done, and let her works bring praise at the city gate. Such a beautiful passage. Talks about, you know, the ideal, uh, the wife the, who, who is successful, the mom who is successful. And, and there's one passage in here that really speaks out to me uh, when, it, when I think about my mom. And it talks about how her hands are strong, her, her arms are strong. Well, I know that from my mother um, for many years. Of, okay, so my mom, she, she's a, she, I think this was written about her. They, 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 I'm just going to throw it out there. But, you know, this passage just speaks to the strong, powerful wife and woman and mother. But like I said today, 
I don't want to just speak to moms. If you're a lady in the room, this message is for you. I want you to listen closely today. You do not have to be a mother to go away with this message. Men, just buckle up. All right, I'm just going to be honest. Today, ladies, it's all about you. Whether you have children, whether you don't have children, whether you're married, you're not married, you're divorced, you're widowed, whatever it is, if you are a lady in the room, I want you to know that God has a plan for you. It does not matter if you're 22 or 92. God has a plan and he has a goal and he has a vision for you and your life. We love moms, don't we? We were in Lexington yesterday and every store we went into, I was just amazed at the amount of stuff they buy to try to sell things for Mother's Day. It's like moms are everywhere. It's like, it's just a mom, it's mom, 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 it's all moms. And we love our moms. I love my mom. And I think the main reason why we love our moms so much, I mean, we could go into multiple reasons, but it's because of the love and the influence they had in our lives. I think we could break it down to many different subcategories and things they sacrificed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the love they showed and the sacrifice they showed are the reason we love our moms so much. And so I want to ask this question. Even if you're not a mom, are you making sacrifices for someone else? Are you still loving someone else, even if you don't have kids? Even if they're older and they're out of the house, are you still loving and making sacrifices for someone else? Who are you influencing? Who, are, who is it? Who are you empowering, especially if you don't have kids? Who is it? You know, uh, there's the roles of women have changed so much, you know, through the years, it depends on what generation you go to. It depends on what the, the woman is supposed to do in quotations and all that stuff. And, and it makes me uncomfortable because I feel like we love to pick on women. I, I just feel like we do because there's a certain people in, the, in our society today that where if you are not a stay-at-home mom, you don't cook and clean every single day, they will throw shame at you because that's what you were supposed to do. But there's also the complete opposite side to where, hey, if you do stay at home, you cook and clean and do that then you get the shame because you should be out working. I don't know why we throw all the shame at women in the world today. I, it's just something, if you think about it, it's like we can't win. <laughs> and I don't care how old you are, if you're married, kids, divorced, single, whatever. You have influence. But wouldn't it be nice if all of those of you who have kids, if they thought of you the way that Proverbs 31 was written? It'd be nice. I'm seeing somebody like, yeah, it'd be nice. And elbows and all that stuff. Have you ever heard this? To a four-year-old, mommy can do anything. To an eight-year-old, mom knows a lot. To a 12-year-old, mom doesn't know much of anything. <laughs> to a 16-year-old, it's not worth asking mom because she doesn't know. To an 18-year-old, mother is way out of date. To a 25-year-old, mom might know a thing or two. To a 35-year-old, it's possible it's probably best to consult mom on this issue. To a 50-year-old, some wish they could consult mommy. And to a 70-year-old, they often wonder what mom would have said about this. It's weird how our relationships change, isn't it? Not just with moms, but with everybody. Like, you know, just the way we, our relationships evolve as we grow, and especially with our mothers. So I want to tell you this, and we'll kind of dive into today's topic. If you are blessed enough to have your mother in your life today, do not be ashamed of her. Do not be ashamed of her. There was one time at church, I won't tell who it was, but mom, I was in a rush. This was a few years ago, and I went, mom went to give me a hug, and I was like, mom, I'm, I'm hurry. And man, someone laid into me because I didn't take time to give my mom a hug. I always take time to give mom a hug now because I know I will not take those days 
for granted. So, women, who are you leading? Well, Mike, we're not supposed to lead. That's the man's job. My uh, hogwash. I mean, open up scripture. Women lead all the time. Who are you leading? Who are you having influence on? If you're a mother, it's your kids, hopefully. But if you don't have kids, who are you influencing? Think of Timothy in scripture. Look at Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I am persuaded now lives in you also. When we look at Timothy in scripture, it's funny because Paul has great regard for Timothy of his upbringing and his pastorship. and He's very intelligent with scripture. It's because he was trained well at home by the women who took care of him. We don't know a whole lot about them. We just know that they did a good job. How would you feel today, those of you who have kids, that if Paul came to town and he handpicked your child, it'd make you feel pretty good, wouldn't it? Be like, wow, I did something right. I, I, I did something right. We are proud when the people we have influence on succeed, aren't we? Like, when our kids succeed, your mamas are proud. I mean, they hit that T-ball, woo, look at my baby go. I mean, they get so excited, they're, they're thrilled. I mean, it's just like, whoa, it's, it's amazing. But even if you don't have kids, those who we have influence on, we're proud of them, aren't we? Jenna gets so happy when her kid's at school and they finally get something. She has influence on them every single day. She doesn't have kids. Her kid's at school, they just grasp something, and, and she's so proud of them because she knows she had a part to do with that. When I look at people who are, you know, younger than me, who I've worked with a lot through the years, and I see them, you know, do something cool or make a big decision, it makes me feel good because I feel like I had something to do with that. Well, the question is, who are you influencing? Who is it? Write it down on your paper. If you can't think of no one, by the, before you go to bed tonight, who, ladies, are you empowering? Because if you're not empowering someone, you're robbing someone of a great woman. There's some great ones in the room, I know, because I've got to meet a lot of you over the last year and a half. If you're not in a relationship with someone, that form of, you know, empowering them and leaning on them, if you don't have kids, if you're not mentoring someone who's half your age just to teach them and to love on them and to show grace, you're wasting what God's given you. You're wasting. So let's look today. What I want to do is I kind of want to look at some different women through Scripture who had influence. And you're going to notice it's not just about moms. Because you don't have to be a mom to lead, by the way. Okay, So let's look. Here's some women who left some great legacies. First one is this, Jacobet. She was the mother of Moses. She was bold and courageous. And she had enough faith to take risk and risk the life of her child. That way he would, you know, be, survive. Just in case we don't remember, whenever, uh, the, before Moses was alive, the Egyptians, they made out the decree that all the newborn babies, all the boys would be put to the sword. They'd be killed. They'd be thrown into the Nile. They'd be drowned because the Jews were getting too large. They were getting too powerful. So, like, we got to start taking out some of these. Well, then she took her baby and did something and showed faith so he would survive. Look with me. Exodus chapter 2. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket and coated it in tar and pitch, then placed her child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him, and then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank, saw the basket among the reeds, and sent her slave to go get it. He ends up adopting Moses, 
You know the rest of the story. She's raised in the Egyptian household, has the right influence, the right schools, has the financial stuff. Now she's part of the, he's part of the house. What happens a few years later? He returns and sets free the entire Israelite nation because his mother had enough faith to do what was right. You ever thought about the story like that? We don't really talk about the mom very often. She had to have the faith to do what was difficult so he would live. Moms, women, do you have enough faith to do what is difficult so someone else can succeed? You're robbing those younger than you, your influence, your example, if you're not mentoring somebody, whether it's kids or friends, whoever it is. So many people were influenced by that. Moses, he was the one that received the Ten Commandments, all because his mother had faith. Well, let's look at another lady. Let's go look at women today. That's all we're going to do. Deborah. We read about her in the book of Judges. She helped the entire nation of Israel into victory. Look at this. Judges chapter 4. Judges is one of my favorite books of the Bible, by the way. Judges chapter 4. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife, a Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. Did you hear that? Whoa, there's a woman in charge. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife, a Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went to her to have their disputes decided. When the opportunity arose for her to take leadership, she helped lead this nation into a great nation. She saw the opportunity and took charge. But yet some of us won't even pray in front of other people because oh, that's the man's job. But no. You have influence. Think about when you were a young girl. You can think of the women who helped get you where you are now. It wasn't the men usually. I mean, maybe a few of them. Who are you influencing? You can lead in different ways. God will elevate those who he chooses. Look at this woman. You're going to see a theme, by the way, in all these. What about Naomi? Naomi was great. She helped Ruth find God. Ruth was, excuse me, Naomi was Ruth's um, mother-in-law. Ruth's whole family had passed away. Her husband died. The rest of her family passed away. She took her in. It's like, Ruth, you can come live with me. They traveled together. She kind of helps, you know, set up a little bit of a relationship there. Takes, takes care of someone after she went through loss. Well, Mike, what's the big deal? Well, Ruth was pretty important. Look at this, Ruth chapter 4. This, then, is the family line of Perez. It's really cool where Ruth ends up. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amnadab. Amnadab, good grief, was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the man who married Ruth because Naomi took her in and kept her safe. Now look what happens. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. We skip all the way to the book of Matthew. This is what it tells us. Thus there were 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile in Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Ruth made the family tree of Jesus because someone took her in. Someone loved her enough. Who are you loving? Who are you influencing? Ladies, who is it? What about Hannah? She begged and pleaded God to give her a child. And I do not, that, that's, not that's completely fine. A lot of us can make connections with Hannah because how many of us have done the same exact thing? That's not bad. I'm not, I'm not using that negatively. We should, you should be able to connect with Hannah because 
She begged and pleaded with God to give her a child. And when she did, he gave him up to God. Her child later became Samuel. He's got a book written about him in the the Old Testament, if you didn't know. Samuel, he was a prophet and a judge over the kingdom of Israel. He helped form it into the monarchy that it later became. He was a very important person during the history of Israel. You know why? Because his mom kept her promise to God. Who are you influencing? Who are you empowering? Look, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorsteps of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed. Let's not take that lightly. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look at your servant's misery and remember me, and do not forget your servant, but give her a son, and I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. No razor will ever be put on his head. That's a Nazarite vow. And as, we, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. But Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. No, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman. Who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. And do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here for, a, my, for the relief of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked for him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. She went away, ate something, and her face was no longer in downcast. I love that passage. She was praying with her heart. Just sign of a side note. This has nothing to do with Mother's Day. How many of us do we pray with our hearts, or do we just pray because it's what we're supposed to do? We'll, we'll kind of come back to that on another day. But she kept her promise. How many of you made a promise to God about your kids? Or have you kept it? Who are you empowering? One more lady, and I'll be quiet. This one's kind of famous. What about Mary? We could have a whole conversation on Mary. There's churches who have statues of her in their, in their, in their sanctuaries. She had great faith. She was given a child as a young woman who was a virgin, who was given, hey, young little Mary, you're not even married yet. You're a virgin. Take care of the Son of God. I can't even keep a fish alive. I mean, golly, I mean, this is scary. Imagine being in those shoes. We don't talk about Mary enough. We love to talk about Jesus, which is great. But she had such a huge impact on the kingdom of God because she raised the Son of God. She took the chance of being looked at bad by saying, well, she's not married. She's pregnant. She showed faith. She showed obedience. Made sacrifice. You know, uh, Mike, why did you mention all these random women in Scripture? Go through and look at their stories. Not one of them is the same. Did you notice that? And they weren't all about being moms either. They all led and had influence in different ways. You do not have to be a mother to have influence on someone else. But if you are a mother, there's your, inf- there's your people right there to start up. Who are you empowering? Who is it? We're not empowered by the social world. We're not empowered by our homes. We're not empowered by our work. We're not empowered by the clothes we wear. We're not empowered by our weight. We're not empowered um, by our friends. We are powered by God and God alone. 
He empowers you. He empowers us. Who are you empowering? Proverbs 31, charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You fear the Lord and you're not empowering someone, I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. Let's pray. Father, God, thank you so much for moms. God, thank you for my mom. God, thank you, Lord, for women in general. God, help us, Lord, help them to be more, to be better at empowering others. God, those who have kids, let them be able to look at them as such a great opportunity, whether they're 80 or two. God, let us know that you find favor in them. God, also help us to empower someone, even if they're not there. God, I pray that today if there's someone here who just feels, maybe it's a mom who just feels like they've failed, or it's a lady who feels like they've failed, God, let them know that you love them and that their empowerment comes from you and you alone. God, we love you and we say this in your son's name. Uh, something I do want to throw out there. Is there any ladies today, any moms who feel like maybe you failed? Just things didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Let me tell you, God's not done with you yet. He has a job, he has a mission, he has a passion for you, for you alone. Scripture tells us that he has got, he prepared works for us to do in advance. If you've prepared them in advance, he's given you things. Who are you empowering. If you've got kids, empower them. If you don't have kids, empower someone. Ask yourself right now, is there someone younger than you that you are empowering? If not, find them before you go to bed tonight. If there's someone here today who just maybe uh, you just want some help with that, like, oh, I don't know how to be a good influence. Well, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's get there. Maybe you're here today and you know you've been a terrible influence on everyone around you and you're ready to turn your life around. Maybe you need to rededicate yourself. You can do that today. Maybe you do not know who Christ is, but he sounds pretty exciting. I'd love to talk to you about them. If you need to make a decision on something like that, you need a hug, you just need encouragement. Won't you come as we stand and as we sing? And if you need anything, I encourage you to come. Let's sing.